Take your Bibles with me and turn to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, there's one there in the seat back for you. But 1 Samuel and chapter 3. And last week we went through the last part of 1 Samuel chapter 2 and we talked about the contrast between uh, Eli's sons and Samuel as a child and how the impact, the influence of Hannah and Elkanah made a huge difference in Samuel's life compared to that of Eli and his sons. It prepared Samuel for the service of the Lord and the unfortunate neglect of Eli towards his sons led to their destruction and led to a man of God coming to, to Eli and telling him what was going to happen to his, his line. His line and, and the priest were going to be switched. It was going to be taken away. They were going to be made beggars. And, and because it was all because Eli chose not to obey God. Well, to this point, God had very rarely given any word as a mouthpiece to God, except for this, this one, uh, one of the rare times here was this message to Eli of the destruction. But there was no established prophet in those days. And so God was raising up one who would have a cultivated heart that would hear him and would speak his word, who would be that mouthpiece. So let's begin reading in verse 1 here of chapter 3. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord, before Eli, and the word of God, uh, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. It was rare in those days, and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And this is where things start to get very exciting for Samuel. Uh, God was about to do something in Samuel's life that would change his life forever. He was about to take Samuel, the child, the one who he was training to become uh, his priest, his mouthpiece, was about to, there's about to work, a work that was about to be started in his heart that would cultivate his heart to hear God. So tonight, just a simple message, but a simple title cultivating a heart that hears God. Let's pray and ask the Lord to do this in our hearts. Jesus, we come to you tonight, and uh, uh, Lord, we need the Holy Spirit to illumine us. Lord, I think of that song that says, All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Holy Spirit, we need you to uh, work in our hearts tonight and to illumine truth to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, cultivating is something that takes a lot of time. Uh, if you were to ask anybody who cultivates land, it's a long process. In fact, cultivating land, I was watching a couple videos on it, and there was this one Australian guy who was talking about it in a really cool Australian accent. And uh, he was talking about how long it takes. They, they would do it in several months ahead of time. And in that process, they would be breaking up the ground, they'd be taking up the weeds, that would otherwise take all the nutrients that the plants they were going to plant needed. They would be breaking up that ground. In the Bible, the Lord refers to cultivation several times. In the Old Testament, break up your fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord. In the New Testament, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord wants us to have hearts 
that are cultivated to hear him. God's purpose for you is to develop a relationship with him that is so close where his voice is able to be heard and obeyed at every moment. God wants you to develop a relationship so close to him that when he speaks, you're ready to listen. In order to cultivate a heart that hears God, though, there must be a change in attitude towards him that says, Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. I'm willing to hear. And there needs to be a change of priorities that says, I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to obey. Look down at verse 4. Let's continue reading here in 1 Samuel 3. Verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli. So Samuel gets up, and he thinks, he thinks Eli is calling him. And he said, Here am I, for thou calledest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went down and lay down. He went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Samuel was learning. He was learning about the Lord, and he's, gonna, he's about to learn about it from Eli here in just a second. But Samuel was realizing, the Lord's working on me here. The Lord's doing something here, and I don't know what it is, but I need to cultivate the devotion to hear. I need to be able to hear his voice. You know, have you ever heard, had God speak to you and wonder to yourself, you know, I wonder if that was God saying that or was it somebody else? And then we go about our day and we don't give God the time of day to figure out what he's saying. We'll listen to God. Maybe we're working in the shop or we're doing our job and he'll say something to us. Man, I don't know if that was God or not. But then we don't give it a second thought. We don't take time, we don't give him a chance to speak. It doesn't mean you sit right down there, right in the middle of what you're doing, to hear him speak. That might get you fired somewhere, okay, if you sat down right in the middle of your job. But are you able to go home and give God the chance to speak to you? Are you able to, to do it where you, you can do it and be a good testimony? But it means learning to communicate with the Lord, learning to commune with him no matter what you're doing. You know, when I was working landscaping, I was learning this, that what, what it meant to commune with the Lord without physically sitting down and secluding myself. And nothing, there's nothing else that's going to happen except I'm going to seek God. The Lord wants us to pray without ceasing. He wants us to live a life that's communing with him. Well, what did that mean? Well, for me, I was working with my hands all day. I was digging post holes. I was, I was doing uh, grunt work for this deck that was being built. And I was learning each day, I can meet with God right as I'm doing this. I can pray with the Lord. I can have a, a heart that's cultivated to hear him 
right as I'm doing this. When my boss speaks to me, I will talk back. I will definitely have an ear pointed towards my boss. When he tells me to measure this, when he tells me to go cut this, cut it at this angle, I am all ears. But the rest of the time, I'm having a heart that's open to my father. Now, oftentimes we think of a, a heart that's open to your father it means that we're talking all the time, that we're talking to God all the time. You know, that's what communion must be, right? When I'm pouring out my heart to God, but I don't know about you, have you ever gotten to the end of talking to God and pouring out your heart to God and you think you're supposed to feel better, but you don't? It's because you haven't allowed the Lord to commune with you. You haven't allowed him to talk back. You haven't, you haven't gotten his, his heart on the matter. Well, then how do I wait on God practically? How do I, how do I know what his will is for me? How do I cultivate that devotion to hear him? The Bible tells us in Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Learn how to be still in that moment. Maybe you're working, but know that I'm God. Many times when I would be working and going to college at the same time, I would get home and I'd go to my room and I'd spend 30 minutes and I would simply tell the Lord, I was still learning this. I was still learning the truth of communion with him. And I would tell the Lord, Lord, I'm not here to, 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 to tell you all my problems, even though you want to hear them, but I just need to hear from you. And so I'm not going to talk all the time. I want to hear from you. And uh, I, would, I would have my Bible out, and I'd be casually flipping through it. I wouldn't just flip to a verse and then hope the Lord would speak to me. That's not how I did it. But I asked the Lord, Lord, I, I want to read your word. I want to get something from you. And oftentimes, every time, he would speak to me because I gave him the time of day to do it. I gave him the opportunity to do it. When I was working a secular job uh, right here in Shawano, when I was working full-time and pastoring here at the church, I'd get up early in the morning, and throughout my day of trucking, I would pray and ask the Lord to speak to me give me opportunities to witness. And then when I got home, I would sit down with a cup of coffee, and for, uh, for at least 45 minutes, I would take out his word, and I would ask him to speak to me. I would ask him, Lord, I am not here just simply to talk to you, but I want this to be a two-way conversation. I want to cultivate the heart that hears you. I want to work, I want you to work in me so that those weeds get out of the way, so what you want to plant in me, that, that doesn't get eaten up. The nutrients doesn't get eaten up by something that shouldn't be there. And we teach our children that it's more important to listen than talk, right? If you're the only one talking in a conversation, or while you're conversing, you might miss something, that, an instruction that's coming your way. We tell our kids that. But we don't do that with the Lord. We talk and talk and talk and talk. And oftentimes I think we miss the instruction that the Lord's trying to give us because we don't take the time to listen. We don't cultivate the heart that hears God. Samuel didn't know the voice of the Lord yet. Again, the voice of the Lord came audibly to him and he heard it clearly and went and thought it was Eli. But he was learning. He was learning to listen. He was learning to cultivate the devotion to hear. You need to be still. You need to have those times where you can be still, 
whether it's in the workplace, you're you know, putting stuff on the shelf, you're working with that diagram, you're building that blueprint where God can still speak to you in a moment's notice because you have cultivated the heart to hear him. God can move on your heart at a moment's notice. Notice secondly, though, Samuel had to cultivate a decision to obey. It wasn't just that he had to, had to cultivate that heart to hear God. He needed to know him, so, know, know what God was telling him. He needed to know it so that he could obey the instruction that was about to be given. Samuel listened to the instruction of Eli. Eli had told him, go lay down again, and you're going to hear from the Lord here. And you, when you hear him, you say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And Samuel went and laid down, and he heard the voice call again, and he said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And then he listened. Look down at verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever, and the iniquity which he knoweth. But his sons made themselves vile, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house, unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning. If you were Samuel, you probably would have done the same thing, okay? If you were Samuel, you just heard the voice of God, you probably would have laid awake all night too, lay until morning. And he had just heard from God. This hadn't happened in a long time. He, he knew that in the, in the, in the, even in the temple, you know, man, just only Eli hears from the Lord. And I'm hearing from God right now. There was no doubt about it in his mind. And as he got himself up and he started his day, I can imagine he was wiping the sleep out of his eyes and he goes out to the temple gates there and he opens the first door to the temple and he opens the second door to the temple and he starts preparing the Lord's house for worship. And all that while, in the back of his head, is lurking the terrible news of this prophecy that was just given to him about Eli. Eli's sons were going to die. And Eli's family was going to be wiped out. God was going to make a new priestly line. God hadn't told Samuel that he needed to tell Eli this prophecy. God didn't tell him that at all. Eli already knew. We know that from the last chapter. A man of God came and told Eli what was going to happen to him. But the opportunity arose. Eli commanded him to tell him what God had showed him. And Samuel was afraid, but he chose to obey. He had cultivated a, 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 the decision. He, he obeyed the Lord's wisdom. He didn't rest on his own common sense. He obeyed God, and this is what happened. Look down at verse 18. And Samuel told him every wit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, this is Eli, it is the Lord. You know, when you start to cultivate a heart that hears God, and you cultivate a heart that is ready to obey God, people see that, and there's a recognition of God's voice. There's a recognition 
That was God speaking. You don't have to tell them, hey, this is God speaking to you. They know it's God. They know that's the Lord. Have you ever been on a doorstep where you're starting to witness to someone? Or maybe you're in the store and you start to tell them about how Jesus died for them and how he rose again and how he wants to wash away their sins. And you start to talk about them. You know, man, I was just thinking about death the other day. You know, one of my relatives died and they know it's God speaking to them. They recognize his voice. They're like, this is exactly what I needed. Because when we cultivate the heart that hears God, talk to that person. When we cultivate the heart that says, okay, I'm going to step out in faith and do this, there's a recognition that was God. You don't have to tell them that. There's second, secondly, though, look at the end of that verse. Let him, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. There's not just a recognition of his voice, there's a reception of his will. Eli knew what was going to happen to his family. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled about it, but he said, you know what? This is God. And I believe Eli had a true heart for God. Look down at verse 19. It says that Eli, as he's learning this about God's faithfulness, even though he hadn't been faithful, the Bible tells us, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Read the next five words with me. And the Lord appeared again. Glorious words. In Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The Lord appeared again. The Lord appeared again. He's back. The light was turned back on. He's back. Can you imagine what a day that was for the people of Israel? The Lord appeared again. He's, you don't want to lose sight of him. When you cultivate the devotion to hear, I'm devoted to hearing his voice. I want everything that's soaking up the moisture of this field right here to be gotten out. I want that, bro- that, that fallow ground broken up so that I'm ready to hear God. And you cultivate that decision to obey. God shows up. The Lord appears again. He comes back. The light comes back on. You say, I want to follow him, but I can't quite recognize his voice. How does God speak? How in the world does God speak to me? I'm like Samuel where I'm starting to hear him, and I I think I hear him sometimes. Give him the time of day to hear, to listen. Give him the time of day that you're going to say, you know what, Lord, I don't have to do all the talking. I don't have to talk as much as I do. You say, but preacher, I just got to cast my burden on the Lord. That's good. Then give him time to speak to you, back to you about what to do about those burdens. Well, oftentimes we get done praying and then we go out about our day. And God says, I want to speak to you. I want to direct you. And when God directs you, 1 John 1.5 This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. When God leads, it's with 100% light. When God leads you, it'll be clear that without a doubt, just like Samuel as he laid there on the ground, like this is God. There's no doubt about this. Whatever is being said here is the voice of God and there will be no doubt when he speaks. Are you tonight cultivating that heart that hears him, 
Are you cultivating that heart that says, when I hear him and he speaks, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. Because when he speaks, it'll be without a doubt. It's all light. It's all light. But let's ask the Lord tonight to help us to cultivate that heart that hears God. Father, I, I ask tonight that you'd work in our hearts. And Lord, when, when there's a, a time, even this week, Lord, you're speaking to us. Or when we're not sure about it, Lord, I pray that we would give you the time of day to work on our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would, you would have first place when it comes uh, to, to who we listen to. And, and Lord, I ask that, uh, Lord, even as Samuel here, Lord, has learned to, to hear your voice, Lord, I pray that we would hear and listen and, and see the simplicity of, of hearing and obeying you. In Jesus' name, amen.